tongue if we go Gotta learn to let it go Once I sleep, now awake Feeling every breath you take Welcome to Wake the F Up Podcast Hosted by Alex and David Long Where we talk about living consciously And helping people uncover their essential selves So that they can stop sleepwalking through life Our goal is to create a safe space where our guests can share how they've decided to wake the F up and become mindfulness experts through their own emotional healing journey. Well, welcome 2024. I'm so excited you guys are here joining us. I have brought some amazing healers on to talk today, and um, I'd like to call this podcast Healers Who Are Healing. And so there's some women in the room today that are very special to me, Cynthia and Callie, and we'll let them introduce themselves because... uh, Honestly, their resumes are really long, and sometimes I'm like, there's so many beautiful things happening, I don't know what they want to identify at the moment. So I'm going to pass to Cynthia and let her kind of tell you. We met actually um, in New Orleans a while back, huh? Mm-hmm. And she, what what spoke to me the most about her, which she has lots of things that speak to me, was she did this women's collective called Brunch for the Soul. Um, I remember being in that space and thinking, I was speechless. A little, like, I didn't even, and it's really hard to get me speechless, but I was speechless. I was thinking, this is the amount of power in this room and the amount of energy, just female energy, let me be clear. And there were some things that went down that, about claiming your orgasm and being your truth. And I was like, whoa, Cynthia is a fucking badass mm-hmm. and I want to be around her forever. So I'm going to let you talk and tell about yourself and I'll stop laughing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm honored to mm-hmm. have met you uh, through Brunch of the Soul. My name is Cynthia. I am a multi-hyphenate creative, so so many things, like you said. (laughs) I am first and foremost a journalist, and in addition to that, I'm the founder of Brunch for the Soul, which is my women's and wellness collective. Um, That started in 2017, and we've been hosting quarterly events ever since that really impact the woman holistically. So we cover wealth, wellness, um, just things for fun, just pure joy and pleasure. So you came to the pleasure and sensuality soiree, which was amazing. Yes. (laughs) So in addition to that, I do social media management and I'm also an eczema advocate. Mm -hmm. Okay. Passing on to Callie. (laughs) Hi, Callie. I've been here before. Second time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you know everything. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I teach breathwork. Alex and I have been working together for a little bit now, and this just keeps getting better and better. Just watching you grow has been so exciting, and just getting to meet people by proxy is mm-hmm. just such, something that really warms my heart. And is one of those things that you look back on and you're like, wow, we're really fucking lucky. It's true. <laughs> I'm going to swear on your podcast. I love um, a, good, a good swear word. So I do trauma release breathwork, uh, which can honestly be tailored to anything. I mean, the workshop that we did last night was really tailored towards gratitude, presence, and just valuing every version of ourselves that has brought us here. Uh, I teach yoga. Um, After this weekend, I'll be certified to teach yoga sculpt. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then, just like you said, it's like multi-passionate creative. I have my hands in so many cookie jars. Uh, I'm also a musician and have been starting to get more in the area. But yeah, honestly, I'm probably missing some other things. I like painting. I like everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she started crocheting like last week. Oh my right? God, a hat! It's amazing. I was like, you learned like you made a hat in an hour, and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, great. When I do something, I go yeah. overboard. All You're right, an advocate. I'm an ADHD advocate. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, so I wanted to bring everybody together, um, which was actually Katie's idea. Which we kind of talked about, like, what if we got some people together? I was thinking after the 
the workshop. Um, we got a little tired after the workshop because we all really did some, a lot of thinking, a lot of healing. But I was thinking we could sit and talk about, A, maybe we did some nervous system work, which was cool. We did Callie's breath work. Um, and I wanted to kind of, A, maybe Cynthia, you can start because you were more of a participant first timer. Was it your first time doing Callie's breath work? Mm-hmm. Talk to me a little bit about like, what was it like to do that kind of breath work for you? Was it good, different, scary? It was good. It, of course, in the beginning, you know, hearing that you're going to do breath work for 25, 30 minutes is like, oh, man. <laughs> it's just, it's a, it, you think it's just a lot of work. And so I just, I was just experiencing a lot of different things. I was experiencing just being, my, like I was co- going in and out. First of all, I was tired. So I was going in and out of sleep that whole time. Like every time we switched positions on the pillow, I was like, oh, I fell asleep there. Okay, get back up, you know, which was, which was interesting. And then just also, I appreciated that you said, you know, it's okay if you have a little bit of monkey mind. And I definitely felt like just so much things, so many things that weren't really even important, like reality shows, flashes of things that I had watched, like just random things were coming to the surface, um, which I was not expecting, which was interesting. But I did feel so much lighter. Like after the breathwork session, one of the girls was like, I feel high right now. And I was like, I know, right? Like, (laughs) it's just like, it just, you just feel so much lighter and in this different place than you were when you began. So I really, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Well, it's cool, like, so Gally was the first person that ever did this kind of breathwork. I mean, maybe you want to talk about what your breathwork is. It's, it's unique. It's, it's, I mean, you basically are simulating your fight-or-flight response. For me, when I've done it, we've done, we, I think we've done longer than 30 minutes, so. Well, so the typical standard session that I'll do is about 45. 45 minutes of active breathing, yeah. But it puts me into, like, and you're right, it's, sometimes it can be the clutter. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe your mind's full of a lot of, like, miscellaneous, but it clears out memories then you kind of visions right we mm-hmm. have like visions and yep. like boom bye bye but for me i don't know if it's because i have so much ptsd but i mean i would see like every single time i start actually i see crawls um this is really graphic but there's a gurney that like carried him up from the funeral home coming out of the house and i could hear the wheels rolling down the hall of my house every single time and i'm like here we go this again mm-hmm. so i must have had it clear multiple times so it's super interesting where but you leave feeling like in some ways i'm clearing these very deep traumatic things that have happened. But simultaneously, it's like my brain will speak to me about what my higher purpose is. Like all these things have happened to me and I've identified as many of these things, but I always felt like I would see my truth. This is crazy because I'm like doing working all day, (laughs) but I see my highest truth as being a mother, which is crazy. And that's been hard for me to identify as that. Cause I was, I think I was raised in a world where my mom was always afraid, like, if you don't take care of yourself, you're going to get left behind, you know, that kind of a thing. And so I was always like, you can't just be a mother. You've got to hustle. So, but anyway, why don't you talk a little bit about it? No, I mean, it makes perfect sense. I'm smiling over here as you're talking about it because that's literally what breathwork is meant to do. And, and it engages our body. And specifically, you're talking about memories and having those things come up, like emotions that come up, your monkey mind, that is just like, it's interesting to see where your mind tries to distract mm-hmm. itself. Like, even reality TV things popping, was like, why that, though? Yeah. Like, out of everything, right. why yeah. that? That's cool, actually. But but our brains will, you know, try to do everything to pull us from our center and towards what really matters and these things that come up. And so having memories come up, fears and emotions, it's because when we're breathing in that way, it stimulates your limbic system in a certain way, and that's what your limbic system is in control of. Uh, so... Usually when it's trauma-focused, I tell people it's really common to have 
memories that may have may or may not have been repressed come up mm -hmm. and you think about in modern therapy that we have now a lot of emdr um you know therapists bringing us back to traumatic memories so we can rewrite how we reacted in that that moment to take back the power and that's essentially the same thing that breath is doing because you don't have to put words to your experience or what you felt even as a kid like no matter what age you were you don't have to put a word to that but that trauma is still held in our body and that's what we're releasing yeah so even afterwards when you know we have this integration period typically after a breath work like a lot of people will feel high or mm -hmm. feel like i don't even know how to process what fully happened mm -hmm. your body has been processing it but your mind's like i kind of have to keep catch up a little bit which is totally normal there's no that's why there's no right or wrong way to go through breath work to process afterwards sometimes there's no words for it because you might do a disservice by trying to name what actually happened when it could be a really profound thing you can't put words to everything yeah and i guess the older i get and the more healing i do i don't know if you guys feel this way but it's so important to do things that clear traumatic events or traumatic emotions without sometimes overworking the mind and I don't know but when you're a leader in healing like I feel like all of us are and I, I sometimes I'm like am I a leader I'm barely making it but you know what I mean like you you I like to congregate people who want to be in healing spaces that's what I like to say I think I'm a space holder for it but do you guys feel like it's I'm always overworking my mind and maybe it's because we are the space holders that we're like we know how to put it all together and get everyone to feel right or get comfortable enough to feel right and now I'm like Give me some things, some tools where I don't have to like work it and work it and work it and work it and work it in my head. Mm -hmm. So I was wondering around the room, um, okay, what happened in 2023 that was like, damn, needed to know that, needed to learn that was your lesson in 2023. You can take a minute to think about it. And then I was kind of hoping that maybe we talk about what's 2024. I hate resolutions because I don't want to press. I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done pressing on my system. Cancer be pressing on me my whole life. I'm over it. I'm like, let me be relaxed. But I do still have things that I actually truly feel in my nervous system safe and called to do um, in my own healing. Like, my biggest one is I'm seeing a shaman. Her name is Dion. She's so magical. We met her on my retreat in Mixto, and she's this beautiful woman who's like, I'm. Mean, she's traveled all over the freaking world. She does hypnotherapy. She does gosh, everything. Um, she's tantric, yoga. So she's, and she'll do somatics, breath work, nervous system, and traditional therapy. And so I've been seeing my traditional therapist, which I'm still obsessed with, and she always clears my hair. And then I've been seeing this lady for tantra, which is funny because I'm like, sometimes I feel like a frozen white lady. You <laughs> <laughs> get good laughs in the other. In the bedroom, I need to let my freak flag fly. Yes. Well, do my women of color feel the same way? Is the, is the patriarchy catch you? Are you more free than me? Oh no. Okay. No. Cool. I was like, oh, yeah. No, I'm like, it's better for you. The stigma is that white women are more free than than black women because we have even had the freedom, literally, to be free and especially sexually. Mm -hmm. You know, right. we've always been. I mean, we've got so many rules and restrictions on black women as a whole. So, I mean, I've even heard from black men that white women are the more freaky ones, you know, and I don't know. So it's nice to hear you say that. Uh, <laughs> this struggle is real. I'm like, I have this new marriage and I'm like super happy and I feel like I just want to be less constricted. It's like, why am I constricting myself? Mm -hmm. And the voice in my head, and I'm still mind blown. So David and I did this podcast, just like the two of us. And he said, 
women will never, and I kind of was like, my instinct was to kind of bitch slap him when he said, because it came out like kind of bitchy, didn't it? It did. And he was like, women will never be free until they're embodied. And I was like, or women and men will never be equal until women are embodied. And I was like, what? Repeat? What do you mean? And I knew he had more to this. And basically what he said, and this is so crazy, and it's actually might be true. Feels really true. Is that Michael or David? David. I'm like, my husband. I'm like, if you just joined a podcast, it's new to healing. Mm-hmm. It's the most, most deep shit I've ever heard. I was like, what is about the secrets of life? So he said that the voice in her head, which I talk about a lot. So when we get into sexual or intimate situations, like I can hear this voice in my head and it's this probably the same shit as everything else. Like the stories that were given to you by patriarchy, Christianity, my family, whatever about you better be skinnier. Right. Or like you're in that moment where you're like, oh, why? I feel oh, I should have worn this. You know, like I, you're not in the right space to be maybe perfect. This might be just personal to me. And he was like, yeah, but like, that's the thing. Men have gained a lot of power over women for that because you're not in your own power in your body and you're like, I don't give a shit. I'm, I feel great. I'm going to work on my orgasm. I'm going to work for me. Like, cause in my head, if you're worried not being good enough, that energy is all about like taking yourself away from yourself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he said, when we get really embodied and we learn to not dress for men, not move our bodies in bed for men. And I was like, damn, that's my husband. Mm-hmm. I did good. Cause I was like, oh, I got some work. I mean, I know I had some work to do. That's why I went to the Tantra lady. Cause I was like, I mean, she's not just a Tantra lady, but I was like, I really need help to like be free of these boxes because I, I don't give a shit what an old white man thinks about me in a closed mm-hmm. door. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, the feminist in me wants to say that is the case. We don't feel safe enough. We don't feel free enough. We don't feel comfortable in our own body because of men, because they have created this idea of what beauty is supposed to be. They've told us they were the ones being the publishers of the magazines and the people behind Playboy, you know, behind all of the platforms that are telling us what is beauty for women, they are the voice behind that. So of course we don't feel comfortable yeah. enough. Of course we don't feel sexy enough because we are not mirroring what they're telling us is beauty. So it makes total sense. Of course we are not in our body right. when no one even taught us how to do that. And we still don't even have like formal training on that. That's true. I mean, soccer, mom says down, we're like, this is how you're going to be. I mean, I, may, I wish somebody's mom did. Right. And I actually felt like my mom was pretty good about addressing sexuality, but how to be in your body and be secure in it and like know that pleasure is really, and that was what I learned from your first brunch of the soul that I went to. It was like, it's your rite of passage. And then Dion, she gave this group thing and, and she said, man, like the womb, the female orgasm and the womb are literally our center of life's creation. And she said, you know, men have a womb space too, but she was talking about female orgasm being the expression of the highest expression of female power. And I was like, that's interesting. Some of that stuff, but nobody's addressing that kind of stuff. So it's interesting. There are a lot of theories that, um, and there's people who actually practice this and teach this, that the most powerful time to manifest is while you're working. Mm-hmm. Because That's it is this portal to mm-hmm. your higher power. Mm-hmm. Super interesting. So I'm working on, I'm working on my portal this year. <laughs> working on my portal. That is awesome. Um, and then I think I'm always trying to heal the mother wound. Like, I think... One of the goals is to have a baby with David. And um, I keep thinking about, like, if that does happen, like, I want to be clear. I mean, generational trauma is cool because Dion was saying, like, you love to overwork everything. And in my head, I'll be like, I need to do more. I need to do more. I need to work harder. I need to create more, whatever. 
But when I get to the root of who I am, I really love being a mom. Like it's, it feeds me in a good way. The societal stuff. And then sometimes my passions will get in the way. But she told me, she was like, you know, at the root of everything, the most important thing that we can do on this earth is to break generational traumas. That's our real highest purpose is to really break these patterns from the past that are keeping us stuck because we owe it to every version of ourselves before ourselves, but also every woman and man who's carried us, you know, who didn't have all the tools. So we just got to do the best we can. So I'm working on some generational breaks for my family, yeah. but how about you guys? Anything you want to share from 2023? I didn't suppose to say that, but you know, you talk about whatever you want to talk about, Cynthia. Uh, who wants to go first, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, well, I'll, a, a few things, but I, to add to your point about the generational trauma, I definitely feel like this last year in 2023, I felt more called and more um, in communication with my ancestors. So in both of my grandmothers have passed on my mom's side and on my dad's side. But the communication, like the the channeling, the tunnel, whatever you want to call it, that has been happening between me and them wow. has been super deep. Like it has been amazing. Actually, um, I have a specific memory at, at Grace Pilates in yoga studio. Um, we did the sacral, sac sacred sacral Sunday um, event there and we did Reiki and a sound healing session. And during that sound healing is always like, mm -hmm. it always takes me to another level and it always just like, yeah, like allows me to tap into the to another realm I feel like and so in that moment like the first takeaway I had was like my grandmother's like patting me on the back and saying mm -hmm. I'm proud of you and it was like whoa like and I like it was like so obvious and so apparent and I was just like okay like I was I was I remember just sitting there asking them for guidance so I was initially like you know can you tell me you know anything that I should be doing is there anything you know that I'm missing and they just both shook their head and smiled they're like you're doing everything you could possibly be doing they're like you're they just like put their hands up and I was just like all right cool so you know it just like really felt really affirming and I was just like wow and it made me realize I'm doing the work of for myself but also for my ancestors and I have way more freedom than any of the women in my family did. I come from a long lineage on my mom's side of abuse. And so my mom was abused, my grandma was abused, and I don't know about my great grandma. So I came into this world knowing no man and no person is ever going to put their hands on me, abuse me, or mistreat me, misuse me, any of that. And so that is how I step into this world. And I feel like now the way I'm living and just like on this journey of liberation and freedom constantly, it's a reflection of that. I'm like, I am freeing myself. I am freeing the women who came before me. I'm doing stuff they never could even dream of. You know, they didn't have this, this privilege or this space. And so it is my duty to continue like on this journey of liberation. Damn. I think that's so beautiful. I'm so proud. Awesome. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think that's a really beautiful segue into, you know, this is what we're here for. This is, we're here to <clears throat> embrace the freedom in our bodies and these, honestly, what we see as trends and people accepting their bodies, people not caring what size is beauty. Like, Every size is beautiful. Every sexuality is beautiful. Who you love is beautiful. As long as we are seeking these deeper levels of love within ourselves, and there's more acceptance of that. And 
I mean, having social media, as many <laughs> weird things that we have about social media and the things that we don't know since we haven't really had it for that long in the grand scheme of things, mm -hmm. the ability to connect with other like-minded people on these kind of topics and encourage and motivate people to do these deeper levels of work on themselves to essentially get to this point where you realize the more that you love yourself and it, and it always sounds so cheesy, but it really comes, comes back down to this. It's like the more that you can actually accept yourself for who you are without masking, without trying to be somebody that you're not, the more you're allowing yourself to love other people and to make these giant ripples of change that just radiate from you not even trying. Mm -hmm. Like that was the biggest thing that I had to learn in 2023. I'm like, you don't have to try as hard as you think that you do. And I had built up this way of being that I thought I needed to be at, like specifically within music, like not letting myself perform before I get to like this certain level or it was interesting coming from Minnesota to New Orleans because you're coming into this, I was a big fish in small pond in Minnesota. At least that was in my, in my world at that point in time in my life. And then coming down here where the level of creativity mm -hmm. when I'm like in the plane landing in New Orleans, like it's, oh, it is vibrant and it just, it vibrates through your very being. And the more people that you meet, all of my friends are creatives, all my friends are musicians. And I was in this comparison mindset almost without even knowing it. And I was the best at making excuses of why I wasn't ready to do something. I'm like, oh, I don't have the right equipment for this, or I want to have more numbers on social media, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter. And a lot of me finding myself and realizing the key to all of this is letting go of the idea that I have any semblance of control over how I'm perceived. Mm -hmm. It's not my job to control that. The right people will stay. Mm -hmm. And that also came with, you know, working through different relationships traumas from my past friendships and just creating, letting myself create new, beautiful friendships that have the depth that I crave while still not being attached to whether they stay or they leave. Because some people are meant to come into our lives and like we really learn from each other and it can be hard and fast. And then we're meant to separate. Maybe we're meant to come back together, but I don't know. It, we hold ourselves back when we try to put so much control over that. Mm -hmm. Well, how are you doing? What are you doing for your 2024? Swinging. Oh, well, uh, I have let go of that shit. And, <laughs> I like and it. So I'm, I'm actually playing music live. It is the most rewarding, powerful feeling I've ever felt in my whole entire life's experience of music. It was cool um, to hear you say that you were finding your stride to Katie, finding your stride and making making mistakes or feeling it, feeling through some what what no one would know was a mistake, I'm sure, but except for musicians, through trial and error, to being back and performing live. I was like, that was big for you because you were scared to perform live, and I'm like, wait, now you're not only performing live, but you're allowing yourself to mis make mistakes and learn from this experience while being live. I'm like, that's huge. Yeah, it's like really saying, "Hey, I'm gonna let myself be seen, and I don't have to be perfect in right. order to be loved. I don't have to. I don't have to even sing this perfectly in order for it to be received by somebody else. Because a lot of times, if if you're listening to music and a lot of live music, we don't have. I mean, nothing is perfect, and our voices, especially, change on a day to day basis. Change based on our emotions. The level of hydration <laughs> you're at. Usually I'm kind of dehydrated. <laughs> but 
the, the natural beauty of that is what we connect with. When somebody is singing from their heart and from their soul, you can feel that. That's what comes across. And so stepping into a performance space with that in mind, we're like, I want to sing these songs because they've helped me heal and they deserve to be heard. And I'm a vessel for this. It's not, it's, it's not all about me. It's, and that's kind of a very freeing part of it. Mm -hmm. Like I'm just the vessel in it. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think a problem or one of the problems with social media is that, and you know, technology as a whole is that we now we're seeing the end product, you know, we're seeing people be at the top. We're seeing people be at their best and we're seeing, you know, whatever, but we're not, we don't get to see the process all the time and we don't get to see where they began. And so mm -hmm. it like, it gets rid, it's like, we all want to start out perfect. We all want to start out being the best. And like, even myself, I've had to tell myself now, just be okay with being amateur, you know, at something, be okay with starting from the beginning. I know I've mastered, you know, a handful of the things that I'm currently doing, but what about starting something new like pottery and the other things that I'm interested in, but I'm like, I'm stopping myself, myself from trying it because I'm nervous at being bad at it, you know? So it's like, you got to just allow yourself to be seen. And like you said, too, the best voices are the ones that have all these different so-called flaws or whatever within their voice. Like those are the best voices to me. And people relate to other people's authenticity and seeing people where they're at. So I totally understand where you're coming yeah, from. Well, I mean, whenever you want to do a pottery class, I'm doing a spring uh, class at our a series at a local studio because that was a big thing. I, awesome. I did Artist's Way. Mm -hmm. uh, the yes. Morning For those pages, of you like, yeah. who do not know, mm -hmm. artist, pay, artist Way, Julia Cameron, amazing, and she designed this workbook that essentially helps creatives uh, access a higher level of creativity. And a lot of it is s surrender. Mm -hmm. It's, okay, you, can, you have to just show up because your creativity might not show up every day, but you have to show up. And so coming back to the instrument, coming back to a paintbrush, coming back to your pen and paper, whatever it might be, to clear the tube to clear the pipes mm -hmm. because it, nothing is going to come out if you're waiting for to only make music when oh, we have, I, I have to be supremely inspired and that's the only time that I can create because that's the only time good things are going to come out mm -hmm. you gotta let the crappy stuff come out mm -hmm. too and and not look at it as like oh that's terrible it's like it needed to make its way up it's still just as valid as everything else yeah it's so powerful so we really are just basically talking about surrender freedom I still like I have to think about your generational trauma like I feel like that's one of the most like Kelly said positive versions of that and I'm like you know when we're in generational trauma clearing sometimes I look at the heaviness of it all and that can bog me down a little bit like why couldn't they get out of it you know they didn't have the cho they did have some choices but like it's a really lovely way to say like I want to look at it and be honest about it I need to heal from it, but I want to process it. And at the end of it, maybe, it, you know, sometimes you can or cannot forgive. So that can happen. But I'm going to let go and I'm going to, I have control over me breaking the things for it, but for them, for them. And like that actually reconnects you with your ancestry mm -hmm. line and being like, I got your back. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's really powerful. It's like taking back your power and that. And like, I do sometimes like a positive spin on something because it could so be heavy when you look back. You're like, shit. Right. I had a lot to carry, you know? And, and then you feel this, like, guilt train where you're like, I could do better because I don't really have that much. You know, I don't have all this on my back per se. So that's really powerful. And I think the listeners will really appreciate that. Like, 
yeah, thank you, ancestors. I got you. I'm going to carry it from here and I'm going to do better. Right. And then the next person behind me, you know, I hope to God they can do better than us. Exactly. I think about that all the time. I'm like, oh my gosh, my daughter is, I'm going to be, she's going to be unstoppable. My future child. Like she is going to be so free. I'm going to just be like, girl, do your thing. Like, I I feel like I wouldn't even be able to control. Yeah. Just show up in the world. Honestly, I I honestly believe that because of the work that I'm doing, I know she has no choice. Like, she's going to be so brave so unstoppable her boundaries are going to be rock solid you know Mm -hmm. like i i can't wait to see it but i feel like because yeah because our ancestors couldn't we can we have to like it's up to us honestly Mm -hmm. as and it doesn't have to feel heavy it can be at least for me it feels exciting i'm like yeah you know a really cool perspective that most people are not saying it's exciting to break generational trauma i'm like yeah that is exciting because that's a lot of work that a lot of people for a long time have been trying to get better, but they can't always get it done all mm-hmm. the way. Right. It's either, I mean, to me, it's like one of two choices. You're either doing the same thing that you've seen, mm-hmm. you know, that your family or your parents have done, or you don't. And you're How do you break it, though? How have you been breaking it? So, like, in small ways, I find myself autopiloting, which is why I love Wake. Like, we're trying to, like, I'm trying to find ways to access and awaken the self to notice when I'm going autopilot. Mm-hmm. So, like, kids are really hard because you find this, like, this voice comes out of you. And you're like, not me. That was definitely my parents in some way. Like, because you have that instinctual drive to do what they taught you to do. And then you're like, I don't even align with that voice that just came out of me. But I'm, I'm thinking in life, there's always these things coming at all of us, parents or not, that push you into those triggers that make you go to that reactive place that, as we learned last night, is, is really about the past. So, what are your best ways to break your traumas? Some ways that come to mind right now are, for one, like I said, the women in my family have a history of abuse. So for one, choosing a healthy partnership, Mm -hmm. choosing a healthy partner, one that I can trust, I feel safe with. There are no controlling tendencies. There are no abusive tendencies. Um, I've been in a relationship before for seven years. My my past relationships lost last seven years. So also that knowing when to leave, mm-hmm. I'm totally okay with ending something, packing my bags, and starting from scratch. I have no fear about that. I'm an army brat, so I've done it before. You know, every three years it was time to it was time to pick up and move. So better get on your A game. I'm out of here. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So so for one, by picking a healthy partner um, and not having or accepting any sort of abuse Two, I would say my relationship with money. So I feel like, uh, the women in my family, whether it was, they didn't feel safe enough, they didn't have the knowledge, whatever it was, they were not asking for their worth and they definitely weren't about to ask for negotiating or like ask for more. So I'm leaning all the way into that. I, every, so far, you know, we're at the top of 2024. So far, every partnership or everything, anything that someone has offered me or asked me to do, I've already negotiated. So mm-hmm. everything they give me, I say, okay, I'm, you know, how can we get it higher? So I'm always asking for more because it's the only way to increase your income, as, especially as a freelancer or creative. It's up to me. No one's about to sit here and give me, you know, here's your raise. You know, yeah. I, I am giving myself my raise. So that's another way is by being comfortable with money, learning to be okay with talking about it. Like even when I talk to my mom, sorry, mom, if you're listening, but you know, she doesn't, she, I can tell she doesn't feel comfortable talking about money. She doesn't want to talk about how much she should make at her job. She definitely doesn't want to ask for more at her job. You know, it's just all uncomfortable 
uncomfortable. It's awkward, you know, for some people. And so that's what I was born into. I was born into, you know, you take what you can get. It's a blessing if you get paid, you know, like that sort of idea. And so now I'm stepping more into, okay, I deserve everything I want. If I want more, I, I should have more no questions asked. And again, the only one who's going to advocate for that is me. So I have to speak up for myself. And if I have to explain, you know, break down a proposal, whatever, okay. But I have to be the one comfortable enough to talk about money. So that's another big way that I've been working on so the powerful. generational healing. Well, as an employer, I can say that, like, when we come to negotiating table, I'm always like, well, you always have to think about the long game. So it's a long haul game where I'm like, I got to go in with something I can afford labor cost wise. But if it's someone that's doing their job and doing it well and has passion and support me, you know, the whole situation going on here, I'm like, what do you want, Cynthia? You're my employer. Yeah. <laughs> because if you want some, somebody bad enough, like, you may go in, I'll go in with a dollar amount and be like, I should stay here. But if someone comes at me and it's like, nope. I need more. I need this and this and this. And this is what I'll do for you. Right. You know what I mean? I'll meet you with this this skill set. I'm like, I usually like sit back and usually my any partnership I've had in the past has always annoyed me because I'm like, we gotta find a way to pay her. I don't care how. I'm mean, we gotta do it. Mm-hmm. We just gotta do it. So it's cool because I think on the other side, you know, where I'm I'm constantly like being afraid to give out. I've stopped that kind of like I'm like I, don't, I can't afford this, but oh well, I can't not afford this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll just take a risk on people and be like. Yeah, I might eat it for a few months, but then usually it all rises up. Like it's like you have to make space for growth on both sides, mm-hmm. and I have to see you have to know your value for me to see your value. But I also have to know that even if I can't fully afford you, I got to give something up to get what I need, and we all grow up. Right, and so it's, it's all cool. a conversation. You know, yeah. it's like what you can't give in money, you give in whatever PTO, whatever it is. That's you right. You know, it's a beautiful conversation that can be mutually beneficial and that's what I'm about like let's just have a mutually beneficial relationship how can we serve and benefit each other and just have honest conversations because it's like so many people are leaving their jobs right now mm-hmm. because they're too scared to have their conversation that's conversation you know that's like their people aren't paying them well they're not treating them well and so they just dip you know because they're scared they don't want to ruffle feathers and they don't want to talk to their employer and be talked down to but yeah, there is value in just having that conversation because who knows, maybe you could have stayed at that job if you just would have told them like, hey, I need more money. Like, how yeah. can we how can we make this work? And if you can't do it now, how can we get on a plan like three months later or whatever and gradually raise my income? Yeah. When you think about that too, it's like when people don't even choose to have that conversation, even if it's among somebody that may have been your boss or a coworker for years and they'd rather leave quietly yeah. without making a fuss than be told no. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. this probably applies to everybody. I know it definitely applies to me, but it's like, let's practice becoming more comfortable with rejection. Yeah. And like, especially for friendships, if you want a certain depth in friendships, like you can't always wait for like a long time. I would wait for somebody else to kind of like show me that they were willing to go that, that extra level or that they were willing that they're going to stay. And I don't, I don't want to wait because we don't have that much time. We don't know how much time we have. And I'm like, I, when you find your people, it feels so good and you know it feels so good. And it's like, okay, we're both feeling this is great. Let's have more of those relationships, more of those conversations and just really find the people that are in the same game of, okay, let's find the best route. Let's find the ways that we can support each other. I was at coffee with a friend today and he's like, this is what I want for 2024. I want to make sure that I am really seeing the worth in my creative friends. So when we collaborate, I know that I'm paying them what they're worth because that is a form of respect. Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, I see you and I see all of this work that you've put into this. 
I value that and I want to like lift you up in that. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times we think, oh, you get a friend's discount. Let's, let's just like leave that in the past. Mm-hmm. Even if it's trades, right? Like trading services. Yep. Things that are mutually beneficial. Because the way our economy is going, we can't give those discounts forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's an in, in exchange of love, honestly, is how I see it. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, trade. Like, again, be okay with having uncomfortable conversations. I've had so many of those conversations like last year. Hey, I can't meet you at that rate, but I offer this, 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 you know, <laughs> pick one and hopefully that will be okay. You know, this is a value of that amount. So I can offer you that. Like yeah. that's all people want. Like you said, to feel seen and valued and respected, like respect me <laughs> enough, respect my craft enough to honor that with something. Like, yeah. like you don't show up to a queen with no offering. Like, you know, <laughs> have an offering. <laughs> Tip the crown. Yes, 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 yes. I haven't always been that good at this part. Like, I have a lot of work to do surrounding money. I'm getting better, but I would say that as a small business owner, I kind of jumped into Pilates, and so when I created my business originally, shit, I made so many mistakes, and I think my partnerships suffered greatly because I did exactly, so interestingly enough, like what I was taught in my home was we were only valuable if you were giving, 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 giving. And so I repeated that sometimes in business and it made for, um, gosh, probably what felt like really a lot of support and then resentment and a lot of support and then resentment and a lot of support and resentment. And I realized like, I sure haven't gotten it right all the way in business relationships because I think sometimes my expectations are really high. I work too much. I don't know. Like I got issues. Katie already knows, but um, I'm working on it. And I think the root of the money thing is equilibrium. What you said is really the one way you can kind of help yourself. If you're a struggler like me, where you might be a codependent, you do too much for others. And then you feel burnout because you don't know how to say no. And that gotta, you got to work out of that. And then you got to start boundaries. People don't like that. And then people leave when you start setting boundaries and kind of hate you. <laughs> That's okay too, but it's really fucking hard. And then if you're an empath like me, then I'm like heartbroken yeah. and in like the fetal position for how did this happen? And I look back and I'm like, uh, and my therapist would say, well, you did this. I'm like, uh, I don't feel like I did. <laughs> Because it's a subconscious, deep-rooted problem where I feel like, oh, my value is in caring for others. But I get real tired of caring for others because you only have so much fucking energy to give out. And you, if you're a good employee, like, I'm good at my crafts, usually, whatever I'm putting out. And so I give that 110, and then you give, you're holding up somebody else's 110. They aren't even asking for that, too. But then when you pull it back, they're like, bye, and I hate you. So... I have lots of flaws in this area, Cynthia. <laughs> Equilibrium has been the one thing. So when I got into wake, I was like, I'm so unhealthy because I don't know how. I, when I give, I give so fucking hard. I don't know how to be right in right partnership. And it's only my work relationship. I do really good. In, in, and I think, I think I do really good in my marriages. But, and so I just said to myself, I can't have a partnership. I can't have a partnership because I don't, I'm still not healed enough. And I don't want to hurt other people. Although I have to let go of that. That's a surrender where I'm like, am I hurting other people or are they just hurt? Mm-hmm. And is my boundary, I don't know. I sometimes back and forth, snap. I'm like, yeah. am I really hurting anyone? I don't feel like I'm a hurter, but I do keep hurting people in business relationships. And I just said, I'm going to not have a business partner. I'm going to hire people to help me create my vision. They're going to stand 1099 on their own visionary. They're going to ask for what they want. I will do my best to meet them because I love to, I will bleed out if I will love somebody. And equilibrium. So when I I can't, I'll rob myself to give out. 
and then I'm like mad mm-hmm. but I also don't speak for my worth I'm like I'm like your mom I'm like thank you for your blessing right, <laughs> right. I'm your mom right so you think in that too and it's like oh you're giving to other people and that is like oh that's a a you're loving them. You're like, I'm giving you this love and I want to, I want to do this and this mm-hmm. and this, but that is you saying no to yourself. That's saying, right. Oh, well I, they are more of a priority than my piece. Well, I got a really hard double whammy in my house growing up. So my father is narcissistic and basically, you know, you couldn't get love. He would actually shower me with a lot of gifts. So there was a lot of out, like he showed love by giving things not so much like physical or even words of affirmation. And my mom suffered from depression. And so you kind of had to care, give and give and give and give. And so to be lovable in that relationship, everything needed to be perfect. Like, cause everything would stress her out. She was already kind of depressed, you know? So the truth is I go into things that I'm passionate about and I give it 110, but inside of myself, and we talked about this last night, I can give out 1 million percent, but inside I feel zero. And like, I don't feel good about myself. Like I'm worthy of it. So I give and give and give. And then that, that makes for such an unhealthy balance. And so I need to sit alone for a little while. I like to collab though, because I freaking love community. Community. Yeah. I'm grateful that you said that actually, because I also feel a lot of those similar feelings as far as like not knowing if I could partner with someone as far as like a business goes, you know, um, because yeah, even it, it dates back a while back to childhood, you know, I never liked group projects because I was always the one doing more or, you know, dare I say doing better or stronger, had more to offer. And so I was like, well, I might as well just do it all myself, you know? And so I, I, I feel you very deeply on, yeah, but you, it's also like being honest with yourself and knowing what you're capable of and knowing what serves you. And if it, if it is best for you to do like, you know, 1099 or building a team, which is where I'm also feeling mm-hmm. like a, a team. Awesome. Yeah. Do I need someone, you know, share? No. How do you, know. you know what I mean? Like, I know. So I, I feel that. I feel that. If you're a visionary too, it can be really challenging because if you are strong and impassioned about certain things, you like other voices doing the jobs that collaborate on the team, but like you can get very frustrated sometimes, I guess. Like, yeah, maybe you have to work on communication, but I right. often would be like, mm, that's not, no, I want to, like, you got to go there. So mm-hmm. when you're building something, you got to be careful because partnerships are like, like your first date with like a hot boyfriend, you know, like you're like, he is so amazing. I want to screw him. Well, <laughs> your partnerships, you're like, you get in like hot and heavy. Your one night stand, you're like, I don't know what just happened, but then you got pregnant and you're, you're like, Oh my God, did, did I make a mistake? You know what I mean? Like, cause you have to really evaluate. You've got to think it's like a walk in with truth from both sides of what we're bringing to the table sure. before you do that, you know, and it can be really good. I'm sh- I know it can. I have problems. It's me. I'm the problem. <laughs> I'm aware. And, but you know what? Fuck that. I'm honest enough to say that I know my mother and father wounds and it's my non-worthiness, right? And so I know I'm not always amazing at everything, but I know that I have a good heart. I know I come from a right space. I got a lot of healing to do. Um, I didn't know how to handle money in relationships, but I know how to create things and I'm getting better. I'm working on it. Mm-hmm. 2024. I mean, so the theme is transparency. Let's let's have more transparency. Because if we start on even like the micro levels, right? Like our really intimate relationships. If you can't feel 100% honest in your most intimate, what you deem your most intimate relationships, you have to look at that. Because mm-hmm. does that mean that 
we talked about this in the breathwork yesterday where it's like, is there a dissonance between the person that you are with your friends, with your family, with strangers even, with anybody under the sun versus the relationship that you have with yourself? Mm -hmm. If there is a dissonance there, you got to turn your eyes to that. Yeah. Because that ways inside and else. Yeah. Because when you're, when you're transparent with a business partner, Mm -hmm. with a friend, you know, I, I came to this conversation coming out of a very transparent, honest conversation with a friend of mine. I had stopped over at her house and we just checked in and, and like a thing came up, but we were honest about it and we can have these hard conversations. And maybe this is something we learned from our mothers or from our grandmas. all talk about generation, generational trauma, not using our voice to say, this is how I feel because we're afraid that people are going to leave. Yeah, and so sure. it's like, oh, I'd rather keep you right here at arm's length, knowing that you're here and you're going to stay because you're not offended and you don't feel anything bad. But also that that keeps us from maybe discovering an even deeper, more love-filled connection. And if you're not open to that, it's just sitting under your nose. Mm-hmm. The right people who are going to make those efforts and make those connections with you, those are the people that we want. We want to have more of those relationships because that gives us the energy and the empowerment and honestly the just the general support to do that in these bigger relationships like with a boss asking for a raise Mm -hmm. it starts on the small levels if you can't be honest with yourself it's gonna be so fucking hard to be honest with somebody Mm -hmm. when it really counts (laughs) a thousand thousand percent (laughs) and i think that's why like last year just felt like this moment of radical truth that and it was like I'm doing this motion of like coming from my core to my throat chakra basically because it felt like I was having these emotions thoughts and feelings and they were like stirring in my stomach you mentioned your husband which really stuck with me or your um late husband who passed away you know you said stomach cancer. cancer stomach yeah started in the stomach and that really that visual really stuck with me you said it went to the softness right mm-hmm. and so just that visual really stuck with me and, and that's kind of not how i felt but that's the visual i kind of see in my mind of truth it's like you just let this stuff stir in your body and it'll drive you nuts and i felt like last year it was just it just came, it was just coming i was flowing out i'm like having all these honest conversations with everyone i was like what's happening the world's open yeah it's open honestly i call it a fire hydrant you're a fire hydrant oh my god where the shut off is yes that's how it felt but honestly i think it's because i had lived you know, so many years of my life trying to fit this good girl mold. And I was just trying to be good. You know, I was trying to be liked, likable, and just make sure I didn't, yeah, I just didn't want to ruffle any feathers. I didn't want to bother anyone. I didn't want to, that's always my thing. I don't want to come off as a bitch. I never want to come off as a bitch. Like that's such a bad thing. And we were talking about that yesterday. Be a bitch. Right, exactly. It's like, own it. Who cares? Like, honestly, who cares? But authenticity, it's like, once I was authentic with myself, I couldn't, it just trickled over into every single relationship and every single conversation. And like you said, too, if you can't have those conversations with yourself, of course you can't have those with your other relationships. And so last year was a lot of hard conversations with friends, you know, setting boundaries. It was like I was, it was as if I had a role before in my friendships and then I was basically like, kicky bye, like I'm not this role anymore. I know this is who you knew before, but like I actually can't operate like this. And I was actually super unhappy in that role and they had no clue. It's like, I was so good at faking and so good at people pleasing. No one even knew. They're like, oh, you're happy. 
happy. Oh, I thought you loved that. I thought you loved hanging out every day. I thought you loved... No, girl. I need some time to myself. I'm exhausted. I am exhausted. Right. I am drained. I am spent. I am done. Like, that was my word also in the workshop yesterday um, when you asked us to talk about the... What was it? The last date. Basically. So ventral vagal, your happy space? My non Oh, dorsal vagal, the low suck? Yes. Okay. So my word was spent. Like that. Spent. that is how I feel in that state. Yes. I just feel spent, like empty, done, you know? I'm like death. I feel the same. I'm like, I'm, I'm done, laid out. I can't get up. I'm immobile. Like, yeah. It's yeah. so interesting I think, how all of the words, because mine's numb. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Yeah. I feel like completely disconnected. Yeah. But. So I'm curious though, as you, I want to go back to this mm-hmm. because I think this is like such an important topic as it's like the boldest thing to do in your friendships because it really sheds a light on who is meant to be in your life and who can respect those boundaries that yes. you set for yourself, who encourages you to have those boundaries. Mm-hmm. Like it's so interesting. Like I have friends who are like, if you need to like, like not come tonight, like that's okay. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to take you up on that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, I did want to like, come at all. People who are open to being flexible and rescheduling because the more that you're honest with yourself, it's like, wait, we all, we all feel this? Yes. You you benefit from having a night in the bath too? Okay, let's both do it. Yes. Both. But how did your friends react to that? So I feel like, just like you said, the friends that get it and the friends that are doing the work too, they get it. I don't even have to explain too much. And I may have had that like, resistance or fear in my body at first when I was like kind of setting the boundary or like yeah I actually overcommitted and I actually absolutely can't like right and I and I really can't show up and I also try to just explain in an honest way like I really can't show up in the way that I would like to and if they respect you and appreciate you as a friend they will accept that you know like if I if I need to numb out and watch reality tv you know and eat a bunch of junk food drink some soda or whatever tonight just to heal and like recoup then let me do that I will say I've had friends on the opposite side of the spectrum. I think they understand, but I think in their mind, they still want me to play that role. You know, I, I am, I've realized that as well. You might be somebody's peace, even if they're not your peace. And that's really hard. That's really hard. She's on the pulpit. I don't know why. That's a teacher. <laughs> Or a book. I'm not sure that she's a writer. Yeah. Like, yeah. Everything's about your mouth. I'm like, yeah, you are. Um, but now you're verbalizing like that deep passion. It's so good. Yeah. Say that again. I appreciate that. Say yeah. it again. I also love, and it's like what you're saying. It's like the people who have a hard time when you set those boundaries are the people who benefited the most when you when you did not have those boundaries. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yes. I said just because you are not, just because you are someone else's piece, it doesn't mean they're yours. And it hurts. It hurts, you know, it does, it hurts for my people-pleasing tendencies. It hurts me because I'm like, oh, I want to, oh, I want to bring everybody joy. I want everyone to be happy and I want everyone to feel supported and seen and loved. Like that just brings me so much joy, you know, and that's, that is true. But the reality is not if it's at the expense of my own peace and at the expense of just, yeah, my freedom, you know, it, 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 it has so much weight for me to be performing from that state and that's what i realized i've done a lot of performing i need a freaking degree in acting with all the acting i have done because it's just it's not okay and but that it it 
takes a toll on your body and it takes a toll on your mind. And like you said, resentment, that resentment kicks in and I was getting resentful of mm-hmm. a lot of the people around me. And I'm like, okay, I need to put a mirror up and take a look at myself. What's going on here? And what role am I playing in all of this? Yeah. And it's that I am acting, I am performing and I am trying to please everyone. And I'm trying to make sure, oh, you're having a hard day. Okay, let me put all my work to the side. Let me show up for you. You know, let me do, I just, I just wanted to serve everyone so bad and it's okay to have those desires, but you got to compartment or not compartmentalize, but you schedule when that happens. Like, I, and I had to remember that I'm in the driver's seat. I don't have to fill up my entire schedule serving everyone else. That's a choice. So I can say, okay, I got one or two days in this week to be the friend that you guys might need me to be. And that's, that's it. The rest of the days, they're mine. This is all mine. Why? This is my life. So yeah, I feel like that was a long winded way of saying, I feel like my, the friends that get it, get it. The friends that were doing the work, no explanation needed to be had. They just knew. And then I think it also, you're setting the tone for your friends. You're creating a culture amongst your network that, hey, we can reschedule. Mm-hmm. We can cancel when we're not feeling, feeling 100%. You don't have to keep performing and acting. This whole thing, we can swap. Everything can be done. Rest. Take care of yourself. That's the culture you're creating with your network when you are honest and you advocate for yourself. Mm-hmm. And like I said, on the flip side of the other friends, I, it just makes you realize, okay, this is the role that I was playing for them. This is what they wanted. But unfortunately, I'm going to have to disappoint them. And so that's what I really had to learn and be comfortable with. I have to be okay with potentially disappointing others. You know, and the, the reality is the world goes on. You are not the you are not their savior. You know, you are not the person who can pick them off the ground and save their life. You know, like there are other people. And someone, I read something in some blog, and it was like, if you say no, they got a lineup of other people they're going to ask. And that's the truth. It's like, if I can't serve you, you know, if I can't hang out, guess what? They got a plan B, C, and D. So they will be okay. And I've had to be at peace with that. They will be all right. Cynthia, you, this is not your world. You do not well, determine their happiness. If you keep carrying, which I literally feel like you're telling your story. I'm like, oh, amen. Yeah. <laughs> and I peeled it out like a lot. And actually, I, I, I was, I have a couple questions, but I'm going to say this. One of the biggest things I learned from Codependent No More, I freaking love that book. It's not just for alcoholics, by the way. It's so important to read this book. Because when you're doing other people, you think you're doing all these helpful things, you are actually impeding them. Maybe they don't even know because they're like, she's so great, she doing all these things. Mm -hmm. Then they never do anything for themselves. They can never look at themselves. And it's an inside job to heal yourself. We can't heal others. Even if it's like your husband, your partner, your best friend, like, You've got to let people stand on their own and do their healing. I'm holding space for this. I love what you said. What did you say? I can't show up for you in the right way tonight. Good. I want, I'll tell the people out there, the first boundary I ever set was so easy because I was terrible people pleaser. Mm. Can I get, can I, can I get, can you give me a minute and I'll get back to you with that? Just give me a little bit of a minute. I need to think about it and I'll get back to you. Mm -hmm. I say that all the time because everyone interprets that as no. So if you were scared to say no, start with, just give me a minute. I'll think about another tattoo. People land, let that land. Even the people who will hate you if you set that boundary. They're like, okay, I'll just have somebody else. You know, and you're like, sometimes. I just want to add, I <laughs> tried that. I am trying that when that's people people. That's our people. I am trying everything, okay? <laughs> and sometimes what I realize is that that just delays the, the anxiety. So for me, it's, it's like, true. I think I'm saving myself by saying not yet. But then I'm like, 
then that, again, like we talked about the nervous system and the body communicating your emotions. Sure. Then the sinky pit stomach comes, uh, you know, again. And I'm like, no, like, I still have to tell them no. And they're still asking. Damn, here. Damn it. They didn't take the not right now or yeah. me as a no. So now I got to communicate it in this new way. And it's like this art of conversation. I don't have time for all this. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know. See, I'm like right in the middle of you guys. I'm like, I will, I will do the same thing because I've learned that. If I'm in like a more extroverted state, I want to do everything. You, you're going dancing? I'll go dancing. You want to go to dinner? Lunch? Oh, yeah. Yep, I can do that. And then literally like the next morning, I'm like, why did I commit? Mm-hmm. I know. And then what's worse than saying, hey, can I get back to you in like 10 minutes? And I've learned even giving myself, no matter what it is, I do not say yes right away. Unless it's like something I truly, truly know in my heart. I'm like, yeah, I can totally do that. But most things, even if I think it sounds so fun in the moment, I'm like, Give me like 20 minutes and let me think on it. Because sometimes even in those 20 minutes when I'm not talking to the person, I'm more inclined to say yes to somebody mm-hmm. if I'm in conversation with them. Mm-hmm. Because I, yeah, it's like the people pleaser tendency. And I'm like, I don't want to like f- make you feel like I'm just neglecting you. <laughs> like saying, nope, sorry, nope. Didn't even check my calendar, but I'm not doing that. I'm like, I want to pay actual attention to it. But I hate even more telling somebody that I have to, I'm like, you know what? actually got that cheek it's good to be able to do that but i don't want to rely on doing that because it makes me feel like i'm being kind of flaky or i'm overextending myself and then constantly pulling back Mm -hmm. and i want to keep expectations for my friends even just at like a manageable pace Mm -hmm. (laughs) well i love a bold no like i love a bold no yeah because i will tell you i'm with you i'm in a fucking bold no year like (laughs) bye no And I'll actually, not let you down I think I've been tillery all of my friendships. I'm not joking. Because between being a widow, mm-hmm. that's not everybody. They're like, can't, they can't handle being around you. Mm-hmm. They don't really know how if you move on, that's hard. Because there's like, think of all these relationships. They're like, you're no longer married to the same person. What? You want to date again? Oh my God, you're getting married. Oh my God, you're blending your family. You're moving. You sold your house. Like, mm-hmm. people can't fucking handle it. And I'm like, so I got really good at being like, well, I'm kind of like, well, actually, better where I go. Because... People want you to stay still and be who you've been for them. And I'm like, can we get an amen about just allowing ourselves to change and say no and be different and say, like, I used to be this way, but I'm not anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be like that anymore because it makes me miserable. Mm -hmm. So I may not have very many friends anymore. And I am okay with that. Because the people who are close to me, I feel so, exactly what you said, so at peace in my body. I don't, I can be like, I'm putting... I'm putting stretch pants on for this podcast because I taught seven clients today, travel 3 a.m. I am away from my family and I want to be in these very ugly socks <laughs> and nobody cares. The people I'm around are like, do it. Just lay down. Who cares? I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to turn into moo-moos. <laughs> So yes. make a podcast. No, one of my favorite things, and I think this is honestly very much again we're talking about themes for mm-hmm. this this next season. It's just you know I think about well, the, the people who are meant to stay and the people who are meant to go. And one of my favorite things to think about is that to love somebody is to attend thousands of their funerals mm-hmm. because you're allowed to change. You're supposed to change. We are supposed to change. Yeah. And the more that we allow ourselves to change, we're like, oh, like I support you doing that. Fuck yeah, wear those leggings. Yeah, like do whatever makes you feel comfortable because all I care about is like being in this place with you. I don't care what you're wearing. Right. That's not what matters. And at that, that's because we're deepening our relationship with ourselves. We're not seeing the things that are only on the external. Mm-hmm. We're seeing people for 
what is actually on the inside. What do you bring to the table? And isn't it funny too, because as you say that, like, yes, I'm in my sweatpants right now. <laughs> but I'm also like, then when you're in those safe relationships, you'll do bold ass stuff like talk about your sex in your bedroom. You might be like, you know what? I'm actually feeling really cool. I'm going to wear a mini top. And this is what I normally wear. Like, I actually feel the booze with that. I can wear sweatpants and be completely like who I am. Or I can be like, I actually feel super brave here to not be judged and wear whatever I want or be whoever I am and change and say anything I want to say. And like, actually, clearly, I don't care anymore. I'm telling the whole world all my stuff and all my mother-in-laws listen to this. And I'm like, I love them and it's okay. And I feel like a lot of things that come out of my mouth are shocking. I'm pretty certain of it. I don't care. I love you guys. If you can't handle it, it's okay because you don't have to because it's my life. I get one. And I know how I want to spend it. And I'm working on healing and getting better. And I'm kind of done with anyone telling me how to live my life. Because truthfully, unless you're a widow and you walk literally to the funeral, you don't realize like you can't keep fucking doing that. You get one life. That's it. And I'm like, I, I was living mine for everyone. And I was like, I just, in honor of Carl's death, I was like, he was such a pleaser. Like, he made himself violently ill. Like, and he was so good all the time. But I wonder if he couldn't have, like, he was starting to get into it in therapy about, like, why am I always, everything was perfect all the time. And, like, creatively on plates, everything was perfect. I mean, he was really one of the best chefs I've ever, like, experienced in the world. And such a good person. But for him, I'm always thinking, like, I want to, it's like a generational trauma, but different because we're the same generation. But it's like, I got to carry some of the shit he wasn't able to do because I can do better. I have more time. I don't have this illness taking me down, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's powerful. It's the year of no. No, no, no. Yes. And yes. healing the generational trauma. Yes. And I, even if you don't like my now, we're probably not going to be friends anyway. I'll probably fuck it up somehow. <laughs> I'm going to fuck it up. Yeah, I have two things. <laughs> One, if you guys haven't heard the mantra song, Noah's Bay, um, I recommend that. I cannot remember. I think her name's Tony, but forgive me if we could put it maybe in the show notes or yes. something. Um, it's a mantra song. It's called Noah's Bay. And, and she's just like singing like, no, 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 Noah's Bay. And she's like, no, yes, today. And like, and she just like goes through a whole like thing. She's like, if I had a certain amount of yeses to give in my entire life, who and what would get those yeses? Mm-hmm. And it's like, exactly. Like you said, exactly. we are all we're all going to die and mm-hmm. life is short. So what are you saying yes to? Like, are you wasting valuable time saying yes or attending things that you don't want to be at? And you could be doing something that actually fulfills you. Mm-hmm. So I would highly recommend. I love it. Like it has been fueling me. Like I've had to listen to it daily pretty much just so I could like get it in my subconscious. So like no is bad. No is bad. No is bad. Like no is not a bad <laughs> thing. It's a, it's a good thing. It's right. Yeah. I'm so just imagining you coming to say no to somebody and you're like yeah seriously yeah seriously it's catchy too it's like got a little good beat so i'm just driving it things like no 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 it's bad and there's something else i wanted to say based on what you just said um playing roles lost it like keep keeping y'all up keep keep it up we are yeah not this cool but we're being cool for the last two nights yeah i don't know i usually have been bed by nine o'clock oh really oh yes oh my god i think i'm a bear right now i'm like really loving to get (laughs) bed and hibernate yes yeah i'm in i'm in for some rest these days yes taking more rest noah's bay Uh uh-huh mm-hmm 
Only live for the fuck yes. It has to be a fuck yes. Yes. I like it. I like the surrender. You know, when I was listening to you both, your like creative artistry, um, it's like a running joke. I'm such a white lady. I took dance class this year. It was not good. Let's just fucking say that. I cannot. It's again, the voices in my head. Like, I, don't, I don't know how to be free um, all the way. Like in some ways, I'm so free. Verbally, my throat chakra, clear as hell. I'll say anything. Yeah. But my body is not matching up with my throat chakra. And I'm like, I've got to find creative outlets to let myself fail. And I know what this is. i got to keep it in my house. you got to keep it looking right. Because everything's falling, falling down behind the scenes. But if we look good, it was everyone wouldn't know anything. I'm like, so somewhere in my head, like, I don't know how to break free creatively speaking. So, like, painting. And I'm actually really, really creative. Like, I am. I really like art. I'm like, listen to all you guys, musicians and writers and creating and your artists, your boyfriend. I'm like, fuck, you know? I like, gotta get out there a little bit more. So, do yeah. It. Do it. Find the things that Open you can so be like the beginner at, you know? I do. You know what you should do? Um, Albert and I want to do improv classes. That's a hot, that's a big one. That's a start. Right, that's a big one. I was thinking about maybe quietly drawing in the house. <laughs> because I'm still afraid to show anyone. Yeah. You know, if you if you come in my house, it's so funny. So the kids, everybody plays cards in my house a lot. We play a lot of cards. And so everybody's playing poker. And I don't know how to play poker. So I, I for the last two years, I've been like, no, I don't want to play. I don't want to play. And you know what I realized? I was missing out on playing and they, I mean, they're all actually crazy. They should all be like, maybe like separate themselves a little because they're screaming at each other and they're like laughing. They're also kind of yelling. I don't even know what the hell's happening. David makes everybody bring their own money. You cannot sit at the table. It's like Vegas in my house. You better bring your own money. If you don't have any money, it's like, you need to get a job. You need to get a job and get some money. So I never sit at the table and I always miss out. And I was like, I'm petrified of failing in front of my own family. Get a grip. Like, I'm like, I gotta learn to play poker and fail. Mm-hmm. It's not the poker that's bothering me, it's the failing in front of people. Mm-hmm. So weird. I don't know where that always comes from. You know, it's like, I, I know where it comes from, but you're like, how do you break that generational trauma to allow yourself? And actually, in some spaces, I'll let myself really feel good. Business, I fail all the time. I actually feel really good about failing, but in, in, in being seen, I'm really afraid to fail. So, I think it's work to do there, for sure. I'll be in Vegas this year. Anyone wants to meet me and play poker? <laughs> but that's what I would do. It's sneak out, learn to play poker from someone I don't know, fail all the time, come back, and kick everyone's ass. Because that's, <laughs> I've got a competitive problem as well. <laughs> I can feel that, though, with the being afraid to be seen. And, like, I admittedly have never done karaoke publicly. So that's my challenge this year oh, is to, and I think that comes from like childhood trauma of, you know, the school musicals and like being so nervous to like have a solo, but also wanting to sing so bad. Like I used to want to be a backup singer, backup dancer for Destiny's Child. Like that was, that was the goal. And, and like so be able to. <laughs> right. If they get back together, I'll be there for the reunion tour. Right. But um, yeah, and I always wanted that, but I think somewhere along the line, I learned that, that, you know, people were better singers than me or, you know, because my voice wasn't as high, I wasn't as quality of a singer. I don't know. I just attached myself to all these narratives and stories that just have now 
been lodged inside my body and now it's like I'm too afraid to do karaoke and it's like people will sing all recklessly and drunk and they don't <laughs> care what they sound like and to me I'm, I admire that so much because they don't care what they are being perceived True. like and what they sound like they're okay when their voice is cracking and that terrifies me like the thought of it not, I'm like no I need to know all the lyrics I need this song to be like along <laughs> the same tone of my voice yeah. you know like oh, I have all these rules for it and I just think it's so silly but again like being afraid to to fail or be imperfect and I, I really want to challenge myself to do that then. I think she was in like, karaoke night oh god no, <laughs> I need to do it too no I say this because I hate karaoke really? she does hate karaoke. because because I, I'm like oh I want I can't hear myself as well because yeah. the sound equipment is not the same as if you were doing like an actual show right and 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 so I'm always like oh my god I hate that I like, can't hear my voice and then I get self-conscious about it I'm like oh I had I had like a drink or I had yep. you know and it doesn't matter. It doesn't actually matter. Right. And it's an exercise because it's like we're people who use our voices. It's like, but you can also have fun. You can like do it silly. You can yes. do it however you want to do it. And we're having a karaoke night. Oh boy. My, my, friends, my friends have been trying to make me go out to it. So now I'm yes. like, okay, okay, perfect. Accountability. Okay. Y'all face flat me. Oh my God. Yes. 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 Well, it's really amazing. Just think about what just was said. So how much of our fucking life have we sat in a corner too afraid to express ourselves for fear of being a failure? And in that, how much of our life have we missed the opportunity to create, to grow, to be more open, to be, you know, to be challenged in a lot of ways. That was a weird, it sounded weird, but it came up. Challenge. But to be challenged, I'm like, fuck, I don't know. Like, I have sat away from that card table most of my life, and I just thought to myself, I have to close my circle in and get the people I'm the most safe around, and then I need to just let it rip. Mm -hmm. So maybe we do it. Can we do an in-house karaoke? Yes. Okay, yeah, I think that's more fun. Yeah, yeah, that would help. <laughs> I have to learn to dance oh, sober. <laughs> sober dancing. I'll dance like crazy when I'm drunk, but I sober dancing makes me feel so awkward. Oh, so you in that. Oh, yeah. I know. But I, I, you know, I went to a lot of music festivals in college and whatnot. And I, I know. I love, I love moving. I love, Same. Yeah. I don't even, I will never say I'm a dancer, but I think he, moving my body and I'm like, it's just very healing. I don't know. You're, yeah, you're shifting energy out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, generations have been dancing. I mean, dancing is a thing. It's a whole thing. There's so much to say about it. Tribal dancing, like everybody's been dancing. Yeah. So it helps us men to dance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Finding, like, seeking out the things that make us feel connected to something bigger. And when you're in a group of people who are dancing, it doesn't matter what kind of music it is. It doesn't matter. But people are, you're surrounding yourself with people who are moving some sort of energy. And that is, that's tangible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, true. All right, well, let's close it up. What do you guys want to say? Okay, so 2024, we had a lot of, we had to do. I said I wasn't pressing anything on my nervous system. Right. That was a lie. <laughs> I'm even feeling pressed saying that. Um, I don't know. You know, my, I'm just hopeful. I love, I love sitting at the table with powerful women, hearing their thoughts and stories, and knowing that we're not as different as we think we are. You know, like I, that's, I say this over and over again. If people are going to stop listening to me because I'm like, this needs to be said every time. We all walk around in the world. We all have fears on the inside that we're not lovable. And if we show these deeper parts of ourselves that we are going to expose this part of ourselves that we for some reason got into our minds unlovable and then we don't we hide we, we change we make survival patterns and we keep ourselves really closed in to a certain degree 
And I'm like, well, it'd be really cool if we dropped the fucking cloak, walk around exposed, and be like, you don't like me? It hurts my feelings a little bit. <laughs> but I'm going to keep moving because I'm going to find people who do. And then, like, I'm lovable. We just have to keep saying it. I'm worthy. I'm good enough. I got to keep moving for my people. Find my tribe. Find my people. Tribe's kind of, like, overdone. But you know what I mean. Find your, your community where you're like, this. I feel safe here. Because we all feel the same way. So. Mm-hmm. Like they say, your vibe attracts your tribe. And I do think that's yeah. true. I think you're right. How about you? You want to close it out? That little rider? Yes! She only had like 14 books tonight. I was like, fuck, that's a novel. That's a novel. That's a novel. <laughs> like, no, give me the novel. I'm like, holy shit, I can help you with the outlines. If you need the outline. I'm your disaster story. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, my God. Can you make it pretty? All right. No, I think we we connect a lot on the near death experiences. Like yes. I always say, I always can tell when someone has been close to death, um, or you know, like had it. You were close to death. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, close to death. And so, just I feel like I can always see the glimmer in a person's eye because they look at life differently. They have a different perspective, and I'm like, ooh, you've been through some stuff. You got some great. I appreciate you. <laughs> I see you. We're all on the same page. Mm-hmm. You know. So I, I really appreciate that much. I just wanted to say that. Thank you. Because I knew we connected on that. And I was like, I mean, we barely knew each other, too. And you were like, we got deep. Yeah. Right. I'm so grateful. Cancer. He got cancer. I got cancer. Yep. 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 Well, and I, I, I've loved to watch the evolution of what you're doing. And it's it's fun to go. Like, I kind of have the same visionary as you. It's like to bring these collectives together of powerful people. And... I'm working on the patriarchy part, but I also like, I'm really passionate about men being supported so they can feel so that we can drop all this shit. Mm-hmm. But I'm also so thrilled to watch your evolution. Like it's been amazing. And you, I knew, of course, also the first time I was like, what the fuck? I'm like, this chick is going to be huge. This is so amazing. I appreciate it's that. It's amazing. I really do. And I'm this year. I, again, I'm, I'm shooting for the stars. Like, Get after my it. what is my word like i just forgot it uh discernment um my word is discernment for this year last year was authenticity and i feel like i'm still working through that but i made a lot of strides forward and i'm still i think i'm always going to be on a journey of authenticity and always trying to become yeah. go deeper into becoming my truest truest self um but this year it's about discernment it's like okay like we said i had a lot of uncomfortable conversations i'm con- probably going to continue to have a lot of uncomfortable conversations and setting boundaries but then it's about discernment like what deserves my energy what what is worthy of my yes what needs to have a no and majority of the things probably do need to be a no which i i know is hard for us to believe but we only have so much time on this earth like we said so everything can't be a yes and even if you have nothing on your planner that's okay like that's, yeah, that's that okay. alone time that sacred time that time when you're just at home wondering you know and looking at the birds and you know just being at home in your kitchen and cleaning that is all sacred all that time is sacred so i just really want to have discernment and like really listen to my inner compass instead of trying to override it all the time and being like oh well i need to perform this way i need to do this thing oh well you know or even think i'm I'm thinking i'm in debt to my friends you know Mm -hmm. oh well they showed up for me this time so i have to no If they love me, they love me. There should be no conditions. They, we did not sign a contract for this. So I'm just going to show up in the best way that I can. And a lot of the time, that means showing up for myself. So I really want to 
really stay true and have discernment this year and just be at peace with my with my nose as well. Once I say it, it's gone. Leave it alone. You know, once I say no, don't overthink about it. Don't be self-critical. Leave it alone. You said no, yay. Mm-hmm. Sit in that and be at peace. So that is that is that's my goal for this year. Yeah, you're allowed to you're allowed to actually keep your life moving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's so many things that are happening, and there's going to be so many events. There's so, so many thoughts that we have. If we hang on every single one, it just slows us down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think you know for for my thing coming into this year is really trying to seek out the the no's or the rejections or the discomfort because that is where we grow exponentially mm-hmm. and if you want to speed up your growth I can go someplace that you're uncomfortable because that's going to make you the most present version of yourself because you're hyper aware you're like I've never been here before this is foreign good yeah that's okay there's, there's so much beauty in that and I think just the curiosity I think that if I had to choose the word honestly mm-hmm. it'd be the curiosity to just see what I'm actually capable of mm-hmm. if I stop holding those limits on myself I'm not good at one word damn it this is like a box I can't be put in yeah. I was like can I have two two words? Yeah. I'm just gonna change it in like five minutes. So. There are no rules. Actually, you just said my word. You just said you made my word. I'm like I've been thinking about a word the whole time, and I was like, the author <laughs> that comes in of of my life over here. I was like, I'm gonna need your book. Yeah, yes. yes. your manuscript. You got it. Okay. I think you said sacred sacred time. Did you mm-hmm. say that? Mm-hmm. Sacred time might be my words. Because I'm like, oh my god, time is sacred. I need to make sure my time is sacred. I can, I can waste time. I can spend my time wrong. I know my time is limited. My, I'm having this like deep realization that because the shaman and I working through all this trauma, she's like, you know, being a mom is sacred and like breaking the generational trauma. So immediately I go back into being like, I don't want my kids to be. F- fear charting the thing we did last night mm-hmm. on me. Mm-hmm. I don't want my kids to be at my funeral and be like, I wish she didn't work so much. I wish she was more present. Now I am not dismantled that yet. I have not dismantled that yet. I have some work to do. So I want to really be sacred with my time. And I need to get honest, a little bit more honest. I, I'm also kind of performing per se, but I'm, I actually am happy in lots of versions of myself and I don't know how to make it a collective. Like mm-hmm. I love the working me. And like, I was like, I just slow down this other venue. And like today when did all these things and I was like, I love that because I'm good at it. But being good at something doesn't make it sacred per se. Like if you have something that's good and someone's telling you you're good at it, that's not necessarily where you need to be. That's just a validity. And I'm like, who am I without validity and mm-hmm. my worth in this? And what is my time? What do I really want to do? It's deep in there and I got to do some discovery. So I'll circle back, but I, I have a weird feeling. It's like more time with my kids so that they... I don't know. I just want them to feel like safe. Like I want them to get in their nervous system and be like, I was really safe in my house. A woman's career is a long game. Now that makes sense to me. It is a marathon. We are going for the long haul because there's going to be some peaks and valleys because yeah, you know, we did this to ourselves in some ways. We're like, we're going to do it all. And then we're like, oh fuck, <laughs> we got to do it all. Yep. You know? <laughs> and yep. now I'm like, do we have to do it all? No, I mean, I don't want a man to stop me down, but we got to close it. Yes, I know. So, <laughs> I'll never close it. All right, we're going to go on a tangent. Don't go on a tangent. I know that. Yeah. yeah, I know. Oh, definitely don't get me fired up. I know, because I thought your feminist energy could fire yeah. mine up. Okay. Yeah. So, 
thank you everyone for joining us. Um, I think our words were powerful. Sacred time. Mm-hmm. Uh, discernment. Discernment. Curiosity. Curiosity. So, what's your word? You can have more than one. So, <laughs> more people. One is <laughs> too many. It might you. Your nervous system might be five or forty-five. Mm-hmm. Figure it out. It's a cool thing because you have to actually reflect. Mm-hmm. Thank you for reflecting with us. I think this has been so powerful. I love strong women. Um, everybody DMS. We'll put a bunch of stuff in the show notes. I mean, Cynthia will have her book out at some point. Yes. Yeah. Fucking, there's like 12,000 books out there. Hello. Where are the publishers? We need you. Cynthia needs to write a book. She will be a literally Hay House bestseller. Hay House. Find her. She's got some shit to say. I want to read that book. What she said. What she said. Mm-hmm. Book coming soon. And Callie will have her album up soon enough. But she's playing live for a while because she's getting her vibe live in New Orleans. Look for her. She's an incredible singer. Um, her list is so long. I'm not even like just singer is what I'm gonna say for now. Songwriter, yeah. songwriter, singer. Okay, thank you, everybody. We'll be back soon. Thank you so much. Bye. I don't know. I'm too tired to go to closer. <laughs> <laughs>